the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. People didn't forsake their gods that they picked up in Egypt. And here we now are now, we're at, the, we're at the end of the nation. We're in the final hours of the nation here. And, and we see that Israel has been unfaithful to Yahweh from the start. While they were still in Egypt, they've had many opportunities to repent of their idolatry. But they've refused. And ultimately, this is going to be their destruction as a nation. Many of us can scarce imagine repeatedly forsaking God and continually turning to various forms of idols. However, one of the unfortunate realities is that we can often do this without even realizing what's taking place if we're not careful. In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on Israel's deliberate and consistent forsaking of the Lord. In his study, you'll learn how God used the destruction of the nation of Israel as a final effort to get Israel to repent of their ways and to return to Him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 23 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Once again, in chapter 23, as we've seen in recent chapters in Ezekiel, God is explaining why he will judge the city of Jerusalem and the kingdom of Judah. And remember, Ezekiel, the prophet, is already in Babylon at this, at this point. A portion of the people of Judah have already been carried away to Babylon as captives. Ezekiel is in Babylon uh, and there were false prophets in Babylon and in Jerusalem who were saying that, that God will not allow anything to happen to Jerusalem. You're safe in Jerusalem. God will not allow his temple to be destroyed. It's never going to happen. God will preserve his city. God will preserve his temple. There's nothing to worry about. But we know that's not true, that God would, in fact, uh, destroy Jerusalem and Judah at the hands of the Babylonian army. Uh, But God was trying to warn his people of what is to come. They're living in the last days of their nation, and he's warning them of what's to come through, through prophets like Ezekiel and Jeremiah, but the people ignored their warnings. Uh, And here in chapter 23 now, God uses a parable to explain why he will judge Jerusalem and Judah. And it's a parable about two sisters. And the two sisters, as we'll see, we're told in the chapter, uh, that the two sisters represent uh, the divided kingdom of Israel. If you remember, after King Solomon died, there was a civil war that broke out in Israel 
Uh, And the nation of Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom that is called Israel and the southern kingdom, which is called uh, Judah. And this parable now shows that the destruction of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom resulted from their unfaithfulness to God, their unfaithfulness to God. They, they had turned to other gods. And so God brings this destruction on them. God uses very graphic language in this chapter, very explicit language to describe Israel's unfaithfulness to him. And you read it and you might wonder, well, why would God use such graphic language? He's trying to get their attention. He's using explicit language here to kind of shock them into paying attention to what he's saying. In this parable, God speaks, of a, a, God speaks as a husband whose wife is unfaithful, and Israel is the wife. They've been spiritually unfaithful, and they have been uh, repeatedly unfaithful throughout the relationship, as we'll see. And as we read this chapter, you know, again, God is speaking as a husband with an unfaithful wife, and you can, you can hear God's heartbreak in it. You can hear God's pain in the words of this chapter as he describes, you know, the sordid details of his wife's infidelity. Again, you, I mean, you can just feel it in this chapter. Verse 1 very, very familiar beginning here in the chapter. The word of the Lord came again to me, saying. So again, we see Ezekiel is not sharing his opinions. This is a message from God. Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. And, and God will tell us that the two women represented the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Uh, So there's no doubt what he's talking about with this parable. They came from one mother. They're referring to the United Kingdom before the kingdom was divided into two. They committed harlotry, look where, in Egypt. They committed harlotry in their youth. Their breasts were there embraced. Their virgin bosom was there pressed. Now, this word harlotry is another word for prostitution. So it's, it's not just that Israel has been spiritually unfaithful to God. Israel has engaged in spiritual prostitution. You know, we, uh, of course, we'd all agree that adultery is destructive and bad in a marriage. But engaging in prostitution now, uh, that's, a, that's a different level of bad. We're told in verse 2 that Israel's unfaithfulness began when Israel was in Egypt. When Israel was in Egypt, uh, in Egypt they, they began to worship the idols of the Egyptians. So we're talking all the way back to when, you know, the end of the book of Genesis, the beginning of the book of Exodus. When they were in Egypt, they began to worship the gods of the Egyptians. If you remember when they came out of Egypt in the Exodus story, and they're in the wilderness and God brings them to Mount Sinai, Moses goes up on the mountain to meet with God and God makes a covenant with Moses and the children of Israel were were at the base of of Mount Sinai 
and they made a golden calf and they began to worship a golden calf. Where did they get the idea of worshiping a golden calf of all things? They got it from Egypt. The Egyptians worshiped the golden calf. So this is a God that they picked up when they were living in Egypt. And so what God is telling us here is that they have been unfaithful to the Lord from the very start. Before he even brought them out of Egypt, they were already worshiping other gods. In fact, turn with me back to chapter 20 in your Bible, just back a couple pages. Chapter 20, verse 5, say to them, thus says the Lord God, on the day when I chose Israel and raised my hand in an oath to the descendants of the house of Jacob and made myself known to them in the land of Egypt, on the day that I made myself known to them in the land of Egypt. I raised my hand in an oath to them, saying, I am the Lord your God. On that day, I raised my hand in an oath to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt into a land that I had searched out for them, flowing with milk and honey, the glory of all lands. Then, on that day, when he first revealed himself to them in Egypt, then I said to them, each of you, Throw away the abominations which are before his eyes and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Verse 8. But they rebelled against me and would not obey me. They did not all cast away the abominations which were before their eyes, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. So God says, when I first you know, made an oath to them, Back when they were in Egypt and I revealed myself to them back in Egypt, I told them then, while they were still in Egypt, to forsake the Egyptian idols. And they didn't. Under Joshua, once they come into the promised land, Joshua chapter 24, they've, they've entered into the land, they've had some victories in the land, and Joshua gathers the whole nation together at a place called Shechem. And in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua told the people of Israel to put away the gods their fathers served in Egypt and serve the Lord, serve Yahweh. And the very next verse is when Joshua famously said, as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. But even then, people didn't forsake their gods that they picked up in Egypt. And here we now are now, we're at, the, we're at the end of the nation, we're in the final hours of the nation here, and, and we see that Israel has been unfaithful to Yahweh from the start, while they were still in Egypt, they've had many opportunities to repent of their idolatry, but they've refused. And ultimately, this is going to be their destruction as a nation. So verse 4, again, he's telling a parable about two sisters their names were Ahola, the elder, and Aholabah, her sister. How do you like those two names? If you're thinking about a name for a baby, here's a couple suggestions for you. If you have twin, twin daughters, Ahola and Aholabah, her sister. Now, now look what he says next. They were mine. Now again, this is a husband who's had an unfaithful wife. And you can hear 
his heart here. They were mine. And they bore sons and daughters. As for their name, Samaria is Ahola, and Jerusalem is Aholabah. And so Samaria is Ahola, Jerusalem is Aholabah. Ahola means her own tabernacle. Her own tabernacle. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. After the kingdom of Israel was split into two kingdoms, and there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, the, the northern kingdom under King Jeroboam set up a worship center with a golden calf in Samaria at a place called Bethel. And he set up a second worship center way up in the north in a place called Dan. And then King Jeroboam told all the people that Yahweh is no longer your God. And Yahweh is no longer the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. This golden calf is now your God and you will worship the golden calf. Essentially, Jeroboam erased their history and just changed their history completely and said, Yahweh is not the one who delivered you. The golden calf is the one who delivered you. Now we're going to worship the golden calf. And he just, he just changed and replaced the nation's history and he officially rejected Yahweh as their God. And so here, God calls the northern kingdom her own tabernacle. They they set up their own tabernacle for their gods up there in the northern kingdom. They had a tabernacle in Samaria. Jerusalem is called Aholabah, which means my tabernacle is in her. My tabernacle is in her. God's tabernacle was in Jerusalem. So you've got... The northern kingdom that that God calls her own tabernacle. And you've got the southern kingdom, which includes Jerusalem, that God calls my tabernacle is in her. Now, I want you to think with me for a moment. In John chapter 4, in the New Testament, Jesus goes to Samaria. And he meets with a woman at the well there. And they have this conversation. And during that conversation, The woman said to Jesus, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. You Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. What is Jesus saying there? The true place of worship is in Jerusalem. 
But then he says also that there is coming a time when people will not worship God in the temple in Jerusalem or in Samaria or anywhere like that. They will worship him in spirit and in truth. Because as believers, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and the Bible says that we are the temple of the spirit. We're the temple of God. And so we're the temple now. Believers are the temple. We take the temple with us everywhere we go. But Jesus answers her question about where's the true place to worship? Is it in Samaria or is it in Jerusalem? And Jesus says it's it's in Jerusalem. Salvation is of the Jews. And even here in Ezekiel 23, just in their names, God calls Samaria her own tabernacle. He calls Jerusalem. My tabernacle is in her. So first now God's going to talk about the older sister, the the unfaithfulness of Samaria in verse 5. Ahola played the harlot even though she was mine. Again, speaking as a husband here, whose wife has been unfaithful, even though she was mine. And she lusted for her lovers, the neighboring Assyrians, who were clothed in purple, captains and rulers, all of them desirable young men, Horsemen riding on horses. Thus she committed her harlotry with them. All of them choice men of Assyria. And with all for whom she lusted. With all their idols she defiled herself. She has never given up her harlotry. Brought from Egypt. For in her youth they had lain with her. Pressed her virgin bosom. And poured out their immorality upon her. The northern kingdom of Samaria prostituted herself in a spiritual sense and she prostituted herself it says to Assyria verse 5 says that she lusted for the Assyrians the, the northern kingdom was attracted to Assyria's power and attracted to Assyria's wealth and that's the meaning of verse 6 in verse 6 when it talks about the Assyrians being clothed in purple Captains and rulers, desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. That, that's talking about her, her power and her wealth. And so, uh, so the northern kingdom was attracted to that. The northern kingdom was attracted to Assyria's way of life. Including Assyria's gods. Now why they're gods? Because in the ancient world, people understood that a nation's power and strength and wealth came from their gods. Their gods that they worshipped were the source of their success as a nation. And so the northern kingdom began to worship the gods of the Assyrians because they knew the gods that they worshipped. That's the secret of all their success as a nation. So they began to worship the Assyrian gods in the northern kingdom. And they believed that the Assyrian gods would would prosper them and give them strength and wealth and power just like the Assyrian Empire. You know, a couple applications for us. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, it warns us to love not the world, nor the things of the world. And here's the northern kingdom, and they see the great wealth and the prosperity. And the power of the Assyrians. And and they desire that. They want to be like the Assyrians. We're not to love the world or the things 
of the world. The northern kingdom loved the things that the Assyrians possessed. They lusted after them. Proverbs 24.1 says, Do not envy the wicked. Do not desire their company. They were envious of the wicked. They were envious of what the wicked had. And the New Testament says, uh, Godliness with contentment is great gain. To be godly and content with what God gives you, that's great gain. Proverbs 3, verse 31 says, Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. That's exactly what the northern kingdom did. They envied the violent Assyrians. They were renowned for their violence and the way that they treated nations that they conquered. In fact, there are records of some kingdoms and nations when the Assyrians came to conquer them. All the people just committed suicide rather than fall into the hands of the Assyrians because the Assyrians were so brutal. God says in Proverbs, do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. They were envious of violent people and chose their ways and their gods. Proverbs 23, 17, do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. Instead of envying sinners, we should be zealous for the fear of the Lord. You know, having reverence for God in our lives. Now look what happens in verse 9. The northern kingdom goes after the Assyrians and desires what the Assyrians have. So verse 9, therefore, God says, I have delivered her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians for whom She lusted. They uncovered her nakedness, took away her sons and daughters, and slew her with the sword. She became a byword among women, for they had executed judgment on her. The Assyrians, we we know this, we've studied this in our Old Testament study, the Assyrians turned against the northern kingdom of Israel and invaded their land and conquered them in 722 B.C., And so the the very thing that the northern kingdom lusted after destroyed them. And the lesson there for us is that sin can turn against you and destroy you. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, but then that season comes to an end. And our, our sin can turn against us and lead to our destruction, just as it did with the northern kingdom Now, verse 11. Now, although her sister, Aholabah, saw this, she became more corrupt in her lust than she, and in her harlotry, more corrupt than her sister's harlotry. You know, as I mentioned, Assyria is destroyed in 722 B.C. I'm sorry, the northern kingdom is destroyed in 722 B.C. by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom is destroyed in 586 B.C., so about 130 years or so later. The southern kingdom of Judah saw what happened to the northern kingdom. And you would think seeing Assyria turn against the northern kingdom and destroy them would cause the southern kingdom to never do the same thing. You know, once they saw what happened to the northern kingdom, you you would think that the southern kingdom would learn a lesson from the northern kingdom. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart, and we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize